Hey, this episode, we dug deep into the rules around uh, 401k plans, processes you should have uh, to be compliant with a plan. 401k plans are a great thing to attract and retain uh, employees, but you also want to make sure that uh, you follow the rules around um, uh, how to keep these things compliant and how to keep them in place. Um, so I got an attorney to come on, Chris Nimitz. Uh, this is what he and his team does uh, all day long. Um, this you know, to get an attorney to give some, uh, to give their thoughts um, at no cost is amazing. So he, he shared that. Uh, this is for educational purposes, not meant to be investment or legal advice. You need to seek your own counsel before you do that. Uh, but y'all enjoy. Give us a, a, a iTunes or Spotify review. Uh, thanks. Alrighty, I'm here with another episode of Ask Philip, and today is going to be a more technical episode than normal, but we're going to keep it to where you can follow along. That's that's the goal. But I have our ERISA law expert, Chris Nimitz from McDermott, Will, and Emory um, out of Chicago. So thanks for uh, taking time out to talk to us today, Chris. Sure. Happy to. So so we'll, we'll, we'll get right into it. Um, uh, after we kind of cover, you know, how you and how did you get into ERISA law? Because there's very few people who specialize in this. So, how, how did you get started in ERISA law? <laughs> well, I, <laughs> good. That's that's a great question. Um, I I, uh, I I got started because I started working on some cases years ago uh, with a few people at my firm who I just really really liked a lot, and I I really enjoyed working with them. And it's sort of like back in when when you're back in high school, sometimes the subject matter is not as important as the teacher. And if you really like the teacher, <laughs> you kind of like the <laughs> class. And, and that's that's how I got introduced to it. So I, I um, uh, started years ago and am now the, the co-chair of our uh, firm's ERISA litigation group. Okay. No, cool. Cool. So, and, and um, I've done a couple of episodes on uh, 401k so far, but if this is the first episode uh, you're, you're, my listeners are listening to on, on this uh, uh, for getting your 401k plan um, set up properly is becoming really, really important to the government because people don't have pension plans anymore. And so one of the things that business owners are having to do is have processes in place for where if they ever get audited or if they get even worse, maybe a, a, a lawsuit, they have a detailed process. And so um, um, an investment committee meeting is um, important for, for business owners to have. And so, so my first question that I get uh, from uh, from clients is, uh, you know, uh, who, who should be on the 401k plan investment committee? Good, good question. So uh, what we tell clients when, when we're asked this question is first and foremost, 
you want people on the committee who are going to actively participate in the committee. Um, you know, it's obviously important to have people with all kinds of backgrounds, human resources, financial backgrounds. But um, but at the end of the day, if those people are not going to be active participants, then you, you, you may run into problems regardless of what the background is of the various committee members. So what we like to tell our clients is it's, it's helpful to have some people with HR backgrounds, some people with financial backgrounds. But the key piece is to have people who are going to actively participate, ask questions, um, pu push back when appropriate, and to just demonstrate that they're uh, actively participating as committee members. Okay. Okay. And 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 how how often you know? And I know this depends on business size and process, but in general, as a, as a good you know um, practice rule, how often should should um, uh, the committee committee meet. Yeah, you are you are right. It it sometimes depends, um, and uh, and and oftentimes will depend on whether there are certain immediate issues that need to get resolved. But as a general matter, we we tell folks that we we'd like to make sure they're meeting at least quarterly uh, to to review all of the things that the committee should be reviewing. Okay, and and then I and I know and I know like a follow up question is people people should say hey well. So what should be what should we be reviewing in the committee meeting? It, so so a lot of it depends on what what the purpose of the committee is. Um, if it's an overall g governance committee, then um, then w one of the key areas that um, that that we think is important for the committee to revisit and and to revisit again. Um, are the re the record keepers and the other service providers that have been hired for purposes of the 401k? Um, it, it's always important to be mindful of those those um, providers' fees, and you know making sure that that um, those are, fees are reasonable uh, in light of what's being done with respect to the plan. Um, both with respect to the general governance committee and for any committee that is specialized in financial issues, you know, it's always important to review the um, uh, the, the the various um, uh, investment products that are that are in the plan. Uh, oftentimes, committees will hire um, a financial services firm to advise them. On certain issues relating to what investments are in are in the plan, and even when you do that, it's important to be meeting with the financial advisor so that you understand what recommendations are being made and what what investments are actually being uh, included in the plan. And then, and then aside from that, it's obviously very important that that committee, when appropriate, uh, review any claims that have been made. And, and review any other governance issues that come up relative to the plan, um, uh, you know, during these quarterly or sometimes more frequent meetings. Okay, now that, that, that those are some good rules of thumb. And, and I, um, I have another question. I'm going to move up because it kind of, it it um, it coincides with this question a little bit better. So one of the things I recommend to to, to clients that we're 401k advisors for is they they need to frequently uh, meet with an ERISA attorney to make sure that uh, they have the governance in their process, um, um, you know, right, especially with all updates that are coming out. And so, you know, would, would you recommend um, the attorney, their attorney be a part of that meeting, or they just bring the notes to that meeting 
when they're meeting with their ERISA attorney? And how often should, do you think uh, do you advise your clients on to meet with with you or an, an attorney like you? Sure, sure. So, well, well, hopefully, hopefully the the, uh, the fiduciaries of the plan don't have to meet with me because I'm a litigator and I and I deal with the litigation issues. But 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 what what we do think is important is that um, you know an attorney who deals with um, sort of the ERISA governance issues and and the the structuring of the 401k that they be involved on a regular basis. You know, I I I like to to know that our clients are regularly meeting with with uh, those attorneys even if it's once a year to just make sure um you know uh the the uh the fiduciaries are thinking through uh whatever changes might be made in the regulatory landscape or w- whether they're reviewing plan amendments or, th- or things like that so we um uh so i you know i think it's important at least once a year to to uh, make sure you've spoken with your ERISA attorney um with respect to your question about the meetings it, it you know, some clients choose to involve their attorneys in those um, in those regular committee meetings. Some clients don't. Um, I, I think at the end of the day, as long as you've sort of filled your attorneys in on the the key happenings uh, throughout the year, then then that's what's really important. Just so if issues come up, um, y- your attorneys know how to help you and respond to, to issues without um, you know ha- having to. Uh, 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 start from scratch and, and, and you know, um, learn things fresh. Got it. And, and so for those, for those who don't know, so, so you mentioned your, your, your litigation. So, so you would step in whenever there needs to be some, some issue, you know, argued in the court, which is, which is separate from an attorney that might help um, advise on, the documents and all that kind of stuff. So can you explain the full difference between the two so people understand? Sure. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm happy to. So so what uh what I do is it's a, it's a little broader than than what you just mentioned. So I definitely deal with all things that relate to litigation. Um but one of the things that I also do is is to help clients when they're being audited by the Department of Labor or by by some other government body. As well as you know, if they're being investigated, things like that. So I I do all kinds of things that are that are based on audits, investigations, and and, and potentially litigation. Um, but there are an entirely separate group of, of of attorneys who deal exclusively just with structuring 401k plans, structuring um, uh, um, other ERISA type plans, helping clients understand proactively how perhaps to change language or what to do during committee meetings, things like that. And and uh, you know our firm, for instance, has a, a bunch of um, lawyers who do just that. I partner very closely with those folks. Um, uh, you know, and, and and they come to me when um, when audits or other things arise. But um, but there are, all, like I said, a whole lot of uh, ERISA lawyers who just deal with governance and regulatory type issues. Make, makes sense. And, and and I know I, these are these are questions that uh, we didn't discuss at a time, but I think it's it's right in line. So you know, let's let's say you're talking you're talking to a smart up startup business, and they're like, hey, Philip, you know, I um. Uh, we don't have a big plan, uh, but we definitely want to have a good process in place. Is is there like a plan size where it, you know, makes sense more to start doing all this? Or you're like, no, I think you know, if you have a 401k, you ought to you ought to get some good advice consistently on it from a, from a yeah. legal standpoint. My, I'll tell you, my my view is if you have a 401k plan, you ought to get legal advice. 
Um, it's uh, and, and it doesn't always have to be, uh, you know, there are all kinds of lawyers who deal with all kinds of sizes of plans. Um, there are some lawyers who specialize in very, very small plans for startup companies, for, for instance. But I, I always suggest that, that, that you involve um, a lawyer. And the, the, ERISA, the ERISA community, I, one of the things I love about the ERISA community is that it's very collaborative and it, it, it feels like a community. And if when you contact a lawyer, that lawyer doesn't think that they're necessarily the right person for, for, the, for the job or right person based on the size of the plan, uh, very often that person can refer you to somebody who, who does do the particular work that's being asked to do okay no it makes sense makes sense thanks thanks for explaining that um so when the when the dol comes out what exactly are they looking for when they're auditing a plan and, well, the, and exactly my exactly might be the wrong word maybe you know in general what are some you know what are they looking to to to, to make sure you're doing Sure. So, so when the DOL comes out, and, and if they're if they're just doing a routine audit of a plan, the, you know there are all kinds of, of items that, that they that they may be focused on um, as part of that routine audit. Um, j- just at a high level, I'll give you some examples. But um, but this is by no means an exhaustive list. There are uh, oftentimes other other um, items that they that they look at. Um, first first uh, we we've seen that they focus uh, quite a bit on the like. I said the service providers that have been hired for purposes of the plan, um, you know, and they ask questions like the, the what what fees are being charged, what work is being done by those um, those, those types of providers, and an, an example would be a record keeper. Um, you know, f- frequently uh, they ask questions involving well, who who have you hired? Ha- have you asked um, you know what uh, whether other competitors have. Um, better fees? Have you compared the services that are provided, you know, based on one record keeper versus another? Those kinds of questions. And the, the, the goal of that is really to make sure I think that the department is comfortable that the the planned fiduciaries are are actively monitoring their um, providers, including their record keeper, and that they're um, you know constantly kicking the tires to make sure the service that they're getting relative to the fees that are being charged is all reasonable. Um, second, second issue, which comes up with with quite some frequency, are the investments. You know, the the, the investments in uh, a particular 401k are are um, uh, th- those investments being actively monitored. Are um, you know if if a if a particular investment vehicle is not performing well and hasn't been performing well for for a while, is there some mechanism in place to monitor it and to potentially remove it? Um, you know, again, the the questions are that 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 are often asked by the department are, are geared towards making sure that that um, the people who should be paying attention to the investments truly are and uh, and are asking questions are actively monitoring and and, and um, taking steps along those lines. Um, a, a third frequent topic that comes up is I'll, I'll put it at sort of in a broad category, uh, and we'll call it the, the governance processes. Um, you know, oftentimes the department wants to make sure that um, whatever is written in a plan is actually being followed. If um, a committee has been um, assigned to do X, Y, and Z, they the, the government wants to make sure that the committee is actually doing X, Y, and Z. 
Um, if ERISA fiduciaries are delegating certain responsibilities, the government wants to make sure that in uh, in most cases the the, um, the fiduciaries are still monitoring um, the, the delegatee to make sure that that appropriate steps are being taken with respect to whatever has been delegated. Um, you know, and then and then fourth, I guess I would put into a. a, a collection of miscellaneous items. Um, you know, the, the government frequently looks at um, all kinds of, uh, of issues involving the payment of uh, money out of the 401k plan, um, insurance, you know, uh, I- issues just involving the running of the day-to-day operations and running of the 401k plan. So I know I gave you a really long answer, but those are generally the, the <laughs> some of the key topics that come up. No, that was good. No, that was good. Um, so, so when when plaintiff attorneys are um, suing a plan for, because I think they, you know, think the plan was out of compliance, are are they basically looking for the same thing, or are they looking for different things than than the DOL? Uh, no, no, they're they're generally, I, I, at least our experience has been, they're they're looking for roughly the same things. Um, the, uh, the when when um, when a plaintiff's law firm is considering filing a, a lawsuit uh, against a uh, you know the fiduciaries of a plan. Oftentimes, the the issues uh, have to do with one or more of what I just mentioned. Okay, okay. And then, uh, so a business owner, you know, they have they have um, their ERISA, you know, ERISA team, uh, legal team. Um, you know, I'm I'm obviously as a as a fiduciary and advocate of having a fiduciary over a non fiduciary investment advisor. So they have those things. They have the processes in place for for both of them, they have the investment committee meeting uh, frequently um, that's active and engaged. Um, are there any other things business owners can do to make sure they're being responsible um, 401k plan fiduciaries? You, you know, I think the um, uh, there, there are all, all kinds of things people c- c- can do and should be considering. I, I One of the things we like to tell clients is it's important to, to update the participants so that they feel like they uh, they know generally what's going on with their 401k. Um, you know, it's it's uh, sometimes in litigation when when, um, you know, we ask questions to the people who are pursuing the litigation, you know, what, why are you pursuing this litigation? A lot of it uh, uh, is, is based on n- not having received updates or not having uh, uh, received a, a, a general understanding as to investment options and things like that. So I, I, I would say my, my biggest t- takeaway in, in addition to um, you know, making sure that the committee meets regularly, fees are, are looked at, investments are looked at, my, my, my big point that, that we like to relate to clients is just make sure you're keeping participants generally in the loop so that they understand um, decisions that are being made, key decisions that are being, being made, not necessarily everything, um, but, um, but that they understand big decisions that are being made and, and sort of where, where their plan stands on a regular basis. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So we'll, we'll now move to the more fun questions where we can get to know Chris a little bit better. Um, you know, now you're not you're not in Dallas. And my first question is around your favorite uh, restaurants, but you're in Chicago, which I understand has some some great restaurants. So, so for the folks that ever travel to Chicago, what what are, what, are, what are some of the best restaurants if I'm coming to Chicago that I definitely have to try? <laughs> well, I, well, I'll actually I'll take it one step broader. I, I I am both in Chicago and I'm also in our Miami office, so I have two homes. Oh wow! 
Um, <laughs> I, I do a lot of uh, flying back and forth, but I, uh, I, I would say sushi is my favorite uh, type of food. Um, and I would say in Miami, my favorite uh, sushi restaurant is a place called Pub Belly. And in uh, Chicago, I think I would say Marai Sushi is my favorite in Chicago. But you, you can't go wrong in either city uh, if, you're, if you're looking for good uh, sushi. Okay. I wonder, do they have a Kona Grill in, in um, Chicago and Miami? I know they're you know, big in Texas. I yeah I think they have one in Chicago. I don't think they have one in Miami, but I know I've been there a few times and I really like it. <laughs> okay. Um, next question is what what um if you if you binge watch I don't know if you binge watch but but if you do what are your favorite shows to binge watch whenever you get downtime. <laughs> well, I, I would say – so I, I am a fan of uh, TV that was probably popular like seven or eight years ago because I'm kind of behind the times. Um, <laughs> so I am I am currently watching shows that everybody liked about ten years ago, like The Office <laughs> – uh, I like 30 Rock, <laughs> and, and those are those shows I'm I'm still binge watching through, and and now realizing why everybody was talking about them a decade ago and why they were so funny that long ago. <laughs> <laughs> I still I, I I still have not watched The Office. I'm it's on my it's on my list, but it, I'm like I'm so many seasons behind. I'm like man, I gotta just I need to just start. <laughs> you got to start from the beginning and just commit yourself to to watching them them all because they're really really funny when you when you watch them in sequence. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, what about movies? What are your favorite movies to watch? You know, I I'm kind of all over the map with movies, but but recently I'm I'm a little bit of a of a sci-fi nerd, I guess a, a little bit, and and I like the Star Wars movies a lot. I liked them as a kid, and I and I like them a whole lot now, uh, and even the new ones. So I would probably say Star Wars is on the top of my list. What do you think about the, the the last one, the end, the 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 last of the? You can't even call it. What do you call? It's not a trilogy. It's like a. It's like nine, right? I, mean, I guess yeah. I guess eleven total, but nine in the in the timeline. Yeah, that's. I really liked it. Although you, I, I think you're right. I, I don't even know that you can even call it the last because I have a weird feeling there are going to be more uh, movies made because they've been so popular. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but I did I did like the most recent one. Okay. Okay. Uh, and what about um, favorite uh, books to read? You know, I'm a I'm a big fan of biographies. I like all kinds of biographies. You just uh, written about people and um, you know famous musicians, famous politicians. Uh, I really enjoy reading those just because I like learning about people. Okay. Um, and then last last one is podcast. Do, do you have you gotten into podcasts? And if so, what what are your favorite podcasts to listen to? I have. I I like. Um, I would say it, it, as we were, I know we were just talking about the office. There there is a podcast called The Office Ladies. Uh, which is my absolute favorite podcast, and it's with two of the former uh, a- actresses uh, from the show, and they, they sort of t- take an episode and they and they digest or they they parse it out and they talk about all of the little things that were going on behind the scenes at the time uh, that the sh- the show was being filmed. And uh, I was driving from Chicago to Miami a couple of weeks ago, and I listened to, I think, all of them on my drive down, and they were totally fascinating. I really liked it, and I, I, love, I love listening uh, to them, and I'm waiting for the, every week for the next one to come out. You know, that, 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 the whole podcast thing is genius because, like, I, I find myself now 
uh, whenever I'm watching something, instead of Wikipedia in it, I'm like, oh, there's like podcasts or YouTube videos on it. And I'm like, and it's, it's not even enough for all the shows that we watch. So I'm podcasting is going to blow up because like what you just said, <laughs> there, there's so much that you miss. I'm like, all right, I just watched the episode, but I like missed a hundred things. And then you go find the podcast on it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I and I was gonna say I know there are all, all kinds of podcasts like this one that are that are uh, based on uh, more 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 serious topics. Um, I haven't gotten into serious podcasts yet, but I'm actually really looking forward to that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, so, yeah. I, I I have my I do mostly serious, but I'm also like a nerd too. So I do like the comic books um, to update me on what's going on in the world. But those those can be overwhelming because there's so, you know, so many good ones out there. So I try to, I try to um, limit myself on that one because I, I, <laughs> I wouldn't get any product, productive podcasts in. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> well, I definitely appreciate um, uh, you coming on, sharing. How can folks um, reach out to you if they're interested in getting more information about uh, your firm and, and, and getting advice? Sure. So you can you can either email me again. My name is Chris Nemeth. You can email me at J C Nemeth N E M E T H at M W E dot com, or you can always call me three one two nine eight four three two nine two. And for those who wonder, and you you do uh, help out in Texas as well. We we do we have we have a, a big office in Texas and we do all kinds of of ERISA and ERISA litigation work in our Texas office our Dallas office. Oh uh, yeah, that, that's how we got connected through your your Dallas partner. So I just wanted folks to know because that you know I'm um I'm gonna uh, I recommended you guys to a couple of people and um wanted folks to know that's how, that, oh, that's how we connected. So um. Well, great. Well, you enjoy the rest of your week. I'm, I'm assuming in the wintertime you're in Miami as much as you can. So, uh, <laughs> that's that's <laughs> my plan. <laughs> well, in, enjoy the weather. And uh, uh, maybe I have to have you on one day as we both go through the Secure Act and we can do some updates on that because that's a whole couple of episodes. I, I think that's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, have a good one. Thanks. Thanks, Philip.